Hello, Jeffrey Vandergoot. Thank you so much for backing us on Patreon. If you're not Jeffrey Vandergoot and you're wondering, hey, what's this about? We have a Patreon going. You can go to patreon.com slash duckfeedtv and kick us a couple of bucks each month and uh, get some rewards and, uh, you know, be thanked on the shows. Once again, that is patreon.com slash duckfeedtv. Every little bit helps and we appreciate your generosity so, so much. Some of our landings were desperate adventures. We are now prepared to meet the inevitable counterattacks with power and with confidence. My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. I'm Jason Killingsworth. And you're listening to Bonfireside Chat. It is a cursed favorite. And this week we are talking about the Crown of the Old Iron King DLC, uh, the second in the Lost Crowns uh, trilogy, as it were. And as you heard, we are joined once again by Jason Killingsworth, uh, who is now senior writer at Riot Games. Welcome back, Jason. Thanks, man. It's so good to be back on the show. Yeah. Yeah, astute listeners will remember Jason from our our first episode of the uh, Demon Souls season, mm-hmm. and uh, we're super happy to uh, to have you back. Um, I think I think when Dark Souls Two first came out, I think that there was you weren't able to play it right away, or something like yeah, that. I remember right. being like, "Hey, Jason, come on back, come come on to Papa," and then and then and you were like, "No, no, no, Gary," and then and then <laughs> later you got into it. That's exactly how it went, I think. Um, just yeah, it, it came out sort of right at the the same time I was moving back to Dublin uh, and starting starting the job at Riot, and it was just a, a whirlwind of stuff going on, yeah. and, and which was a bit torturous because I was watching everybody have the you know the the, the black honeymoon experience of, uh, <laughs> the of, a, of the Souls game kind of yeah. without me, uh, so I had to had to play catch up a little bit later and. And didn't have anybody to to sort of cry with, but uh, uh, it's all right. It's all it's all about the loneliness and the desolation. So, well, there, I, there are people I, to I, cry too. Yeah, but uh, it, it, it's actually it's kind of uh, it's very similar to uh, to what happens in this area of the game. It's like you showed up and everyone was already gone. <laughs> um, oh. you're, you're, you're a regular uh, uh, bride of ash. Yeah. <laughs> regular nadalia yeah here the um scary that was an amazing segue oh okay thank you i actually <laughs> that's, that's thought that I did a where you turn and, and look at camera b um, <laughs> and... I, I was actually gonna gonna back off from it and and talk to jason more it was a good segue and then also then i thought this is too early for the segue i should i, I gotta cool it on that segue jet well while, uh, while we're doing notes what were those voices <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'm 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 exceptionally sleepy and a little bit out of it, and that's, so am I. So yeah, this is going to be fun. Gonna, it's going to be a punchy, punchy episode. Um, the uh, yeah, and and Jason, I presume, is well rested. <laughs> uh, yes, I'm, I'm I'm very well rested. It's I know you're sort of sipping your morning coffee. Um, like, it's it's eight thirty in the evening over here. Uh, so yeah, they keep keep us keep us grounded. Yes, please. Um, <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, we're and just I, we're real happy to have uh, have you back, Jason. So, yeah. super cool. 
Thanks, um, can man. you can you uh, just for anybody who uh, maybe missed that that episode or anything, kind of tell us just real briefly what your your background is with these games, how you got into them, and, and the like. Yeah, absolutely. So, I I just stumbled on Demon Souls uh, just because I had friends talking about it, and uh, I was I hadn't started working in game journalism at that point. Um, I'd worked as a, as a music and film writer um, or journalist and and then done a bit of games writing and had just uh, moved back from the US to, to Dublin and was looking for work and and but was very well severely underemployed uh, at that point so demon souls kind of entered into that that space and kind of took over my life uh, for a while <laughs> and I just got completely engrossed in it and uh, then I got a job working for Edge Magazine, uh, which was fantastic because I was able to take my soul's obsession and combine it with access to uh, to From Software, <laughs> and <laughs> and actually interview Miyazaki on uh, I think it was three different occasions, yeah. uh, and and you know travel to Tokyo and meet the From Software guys a couple different times and. So it was just great to have the love for the series and then also, you know, have an amazing opportunity to actually get kind of into the, into the development and trails of it. Yeah. Super, super cool. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Very, again, very happy to have you back. Yeah. Um, what did, uh, what did we cover last time, Cole? Well, last time we plumbed the depths of the sunken kingdom beneath the Black Gulch, and we witnessed the damage that a daughter of Manus uh, could wreak on a kingdom, right? Uh, down there with sin and whatnot. Um, and now we're setting our sights on the old Iron Kingdom. Uh, we have felled their king, and uh, all of a sudden a mystical, magical door uh, appears behind him, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And- it has the same um, kind of little plaques that the the other one does. Mm-hmm. Um, very similar. Like the the wording is a little bit different, but I was kind of expecting. I went through and kind of revisited some of it today to refresh my memory, and was expecting there to be kind of more more little lore bits yeah. in those things that were a little bit more specific to the area, but did not work out that way. Sadly, so I made sort of a grievous error when I finished um, finished playing through the game. Uh, it was my second time through because I I played it through for the first time on the 360, and then and then when I knew the DLC was coming out, I had to play it through again on PC so that I could have my PC profile ready for the the DLC. But mm-hmm. uh, when I finished the main campaign, it, it asked if it basically was asking if I wanted to go to New Game Plus, and I had mm-hmm. the DLC downloaded, and I. I interpreted the phrase, whatever it was, do you want to go on to your next adventure? And I was like, oh, man, it's they they made this totally seamless where you just click this thing and you go straight <laughs> into the DLC. Um, oh, no. And, and of course, yeah. it took me right into New Game Plus, um, and I hadn't played the DLC yet. So um, so I ended up having the, the joy of, of playing through all the DLC for the first time on, on New Game Plus. So it, mm. it made the, the hill a little <laughs> bit steeper, but... <laughs> That's, yeah. it's, it's already a pretty steep hill. It is. It is. Um, so yeah, it was. My experience in the in the DLC definitely was uh, was punishing. Hmm. I love how the the phrasing for that is "begin journey to Drang Lake 2. and it, it's the numeral two. It has this weird break in the the kind of style of the writing to throw in that kind of explicit sequel. Yeah. In, in, that, yeah. in that thing, as opposed to uh, it being you know like traverse. 
a second time into the <laughs> adventures of old, you know, or something like that that you might expect. Yes. You know, be, begin the cycle anew would be yeah. like the like the the right way to do that. Yeah. Yeah, when As you a, have like a little little trademark symbol kind of after the yeah. after the yeah, two. Cycle. Yeah, and after and after two. <laughs> yeah, getting a little bit explicit. So. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the uh, I I do like uh, when you're talking about it being seamless. Though I do like the uh, how the DLCs are not hidden behind esoteric nonsense in in this game. Like I appreciate what how you get to the DLC in the first game, but I it would have been very hard for me to stumble across, and I would have been irritated yeah. if I had bought it and, and didn't have a, a kind of a way of getting it. I like how these just kind of since you are going to these themed areas based on these different different kingdoms, I like how direct it is. Yeah. And specifically, if you know what the titles of these pieces of DLC are, you know exactly where to go. Yeah. You know, this is the old Iron King. Oh, you mean that Balrog I defeated? Yeah, the you regular know? Iron King? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, the, uh, so, yeah, so, you, you know, you head back uh, under the uh, the old Iron King, and you do, you know, you end up in uh, a room past the primal bonfire and go through one of these snake obelisks mm-hmm. and uh, go up an elevator, and it has this kind of sense of... Uh, of uh, you know, anticipation as you as you rise this elevator, and then you crest the top of this elevator, mm-hmm. and uh, actually see the area, and it's it's super striking. Yeah, like uh, this, you know, it has that like it's awesome because it looks initially looks you know kind of snowy, and multiple <laughs> times during the adventure, I had to uh, remind myself like, oh, these are just uh, these are these used to be people. <laughs> this isn't snow. These are these are disintegrated humans that I'm rolling around in and making snow people out of and stuff. Snow angels. Yeah, making regular angels out of snow angels. Yeah. <laughs> making people angels. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is probably my favorite view in the game. When, when you first get up and you see the, uh, yeah, like, like the chain. Yeah, you're, the... You're, yeah you're, you're looking at the chain that kind of like spreads out to this ruined, burned out hulk of a tower. And there's an expanse that makes Mordor look like a fucking Caribbean paradise, right? Yeah. <laughs> Like, take, take that mortar no like, no i just I, i'm gary i'm i'm, I'm using comparison i know <laughs> okay. i know you love mortar <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh but yeah this uh this this sets a kind of a kind of a crazy crazy tone because i don't know like you see this tower and you think yes i'm going to go there but there's nothing else around it like you're looking at the entirety of the dlc from this point yeah yep, yep. and then you can just go deeper mm-hmm yeah, it's a, it's amazing to to kind of see it for that that moment from the outside, just in its kind of monolithic you know, totality, and and before you start kind of getting getting funneled down the down the center of that gruesome cylinder. I just I do love that brief moment of being removed from it before you're kind of like going right down the gullet. Yeah, mm-hmm. before yeah. you spend the next five hours like plumbing its guts. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the other like really nice like I like how uh, this puts the the mechanical oddities of the DLC kind of right up front and and narratively well as well. So like right in front of this chain, um, you start seeing these dead uh, you know drawing like soldiers um, up these stairs on the way, and they're outside of this uh, ashen idol here, um, which has a has a glowing thing in it. So of course you're going to take it, but like mm. it looks really interesting and like the design of these ashen idols I really really like. Um, they're really unsettling. Um, and then, you know, you pull this uh, this smelter wedge out of it, 
And uh, it kind of like that's going to be the theming for this this DLC and ultimately for this uh, for this queen. You know, like I, I said the last time, how disappointed I would be if like every queen was just Nishandra with a different element. <laughs> Kind of you sure. know, attached to it. Like, this is fire Nishandra, because we fought poison Nishandra last time. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, I'm really glad they did something different with that. Yeah. Yeah, like, this This is, you know, Ash Nishandra, whereas you fought meat Nishandra, right? Exactly. Well, it's, yeah. it's Ash Nishandra, but it's not just, like, she's not just shooting ashes at you. Yeah, I, I guess I guess, that, I guess that's what it is. Summoning <laughs> Ash. Just kick, kicking ash into your eyes. And yeah, yeah, yeah make a man out of you. Ashing a cigarette into your yeah. mouth. <laughs> Make a man uh, out of Mac. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, you may be thinking when you find her soul, that's pretty weird. Normally I get souls at the end of these. Um, I wonder what I'm going to fight this lady. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it is that Chekhov gun on the wall, isn't it? Like, you know, sort of the, the soul you find in the first act, you know, you're going to end up getting... Getting shit on by it in the third act. Or something. Yeah, if you show a soul something on like. the wall, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah and so, I found that interesting. And then, and then that chain, you know, which we, we mentioned, which is uh, a real iconic, like running up that chain into the tower, mm-hmm. is super cool. And and you reach another Ashen Idol, but this one is active. Yeah, um, and whispers to you. <laughs> And Wh- fires. whispers to you, and notably is is placed right in the middle of a blasted and ruined throne room. Right. Yeah. And mm-hmm. um, subverting most like video game level design, you're not traveling up this tower. You're starting at the at the zenith and you're going down. Yeah. Right. Wasn't every Castlevania sort of watchtower clockwork kind of level <laughs> all about sort of yeah, climbing climbing up to the to that final you know, that final room in the very top of the tower and mm-hmm. and this one you're just it's almost like a snowboarder being like hella lifted to the top of the mountain and then just <laughs> dropped dropped on top and you know just and then they just sort of say the last rites over you you know it's, <laughs> just it, it took me a moment to to parse out i like when you you said hella lifted that you meant by by a helicopter i was thinking of it like h-e-l-l-a <laughs> me too like a snowboarder yeah. hella lifted to the top, the top of oh it's like, snap oh, dog seems odd for jason's diction yeah. <laughs> like surprised by that hella oh, lifted shit. to the tippy top of that tower shit dog um, <laughs> this is like like you know, uh, uh, the chosen monarch's downhill jam, though, because you are just like literally starting at the top and just doing cool tricks down until you get to the bottom. Yep. Like it is, it is a vertical, vertical slice. Mm-hmm. You used the word, I, you know, in the sort of chatting before we went on the air, I think both of you used the term hella about like two or three times yep. to talk about how excited <laughs> yeah. you were about your coffee you were pouring, which was like hella tasty and, and, <laughs> And yeah, yeah. <laughs> My grandma's hella sick. Yeah, your hella family emergency that you had. Yeah, yeah. So this episode's gonna be hella mildly late. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Let's keep this going, guys. <laughs> um, it's interesting. I couldn't. Can either of you guys make out uh, what she whispers to you? Because I had to go online and, and look it up. No, I saw on her character, like there, you know, for for her sheet on the wiki, there is dialogue listed, but I didn't see anything. Um, it's not on there. Um, Vadi has like translated it, so it's in one of his videos. He has like subtitles. 
um, for it. And it's really interesting. Like uh, she is saying like, oh, you know, you've you finally made it. Why? Where were you? Why did you leave me so long? I've been so lonely. Um, And like with what we find out later, it's, you know, we find out that she showed up after the the Iron King was was long gone (laughs) and and kind of set up this big ash party. Um, And uh, but you it's kind of hard to understand, like if she is mistaking you for for the Iron King or she is just like you thinks that you are going to be a king or or the next monarch. Yeah, that's why she's she's reacting that way to you. Yeah. I mean, it might even be as simple as, oh, here is a glorious soul. Right. Yeah. Because that's what these daughters of Manus do. Yeah. Yeah. And you have um, the Iron King soul at mm-hmm. this point, or you've at least defeated him. Right. So even though you might have turned it into a sword or what have you, like you have it in one sense or another. Mm-hmm. You know, you either ate it or turned it into something. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting that this isn't the first time either that the the game has sort of reappropriated Ash and, and kind of. I was dis- disguised it slightly because Ash Lake, of course, was like this mm-hmm. this beautiful white sand beach that was, you know, completely made of ash. And now we have, yeah. you know, it being, you know, disguised as kind of this, mm-hmm. you know, this snowy, you know, kind of wintry scape. But yeah. I always feel like it. You know, there are always these moments in, in this in the Souls games of these these sort of subtle nods back, and and it's, you know, Ash Lake does yeah. seem to sort of figure in the in the homage uh, here. In in a couple of different places. I'm fixated on Ash Lake. Like that is is one of the most thematically resonant parts of this for me. Um, This area actually like to, to my eye is most like visually reminiscent of the kiln of the first flame Mm -hmm. a little bit. Uh, Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Except not as monochrome as that, but still like it, uh, it gives you the same sense of like burnt out desolation. Like there used to be something here, but there is no longer. Yeah. You know, because mm-hmm. of the flame. Yeah. Um, you know, so after after she she talks to you and you, and you take her out and she's, you know, she's aggressive at this point, too, which mm-hmm. is interesting. And, and there's kind of different effects that these Ash Niles are going to have. And uh, they haven't, go, you know, the next one is where they'll really kind of underline that, mm-hmm. that these are going to do different things. Yeah. Um, but if you got that first one soul and then you're getting this one soul, then you can, you know, OK, well, there's there's more of these like yeah. this is a, a collect them all kind of situation. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, I love the way these look too. They look like um, like a like a, a statue of a woman with these gigantic demonic hands covering the face, mm-hmm. like almost as if it's like ashamed, right? Yeah, yeah, they're they're awesome. Yeah, or sort of weeping into its hands, or yeah, it's it's yeah. an evocative pose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, so so you head down kind of this uh, clockwork. Um, down into the tower mm-hmm. and uh, nothing is moving like this is this is a mechanical area and everything is kind of shut down um, so which is interesting because eventually you know you can surmise that eventually I'm going to turn this stuff on yeah. and uh, and be able to get into different areas partly because of little shiny items that are just out of reach <laughs> and partly just because that's how video games work um, <laughs> but it, it does kind of telegraph some of the level design that like you will be uh, doubling back on on things after you get some of the stuff moving yeah this effectively is two levels one that is one that is you know has no fuel and one that does have fuel yeah um, and that's that's something they're going to take to its you know logical conclusion in the next dlc Jason, when, when, I, I hadn't thought of this area as a Castlevania clock tower until you said that thing you just said a couple minutes ago. I almost recall the 
the chain kind of image being a very iconic maybe it's just because i'm sort of thinking of like a, a chain whip or something but like but yeah it does it is such a, a traditional kind of castlevania motif that i i feel like maybe it, it just kind of owns that image in my mind uh, in a way it's sort of you know, every game that that employs the clock tower is sort of by by definition you know sort of paying homage to to some of those designs you know from those those titles so i wonder if in a way this is from kind of leaning into the way that people sometimes describe dark souls as like the best 3d castlevania there's no way to know i'm just sort of surmising i don't know surely not better than lord of shadows <laughs> I, I, is that a castle is that a castlevania game i don't know isn't that the uh, really bad one wait, with the lord where of, you are dracula lord of the fallen is oh lord wait of, oh sorry yeah. God damn these titles, man! Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's a Lord of the Negative thing. Um. <laughs> yeah, no. In uh, I, th- I believe in Lords of Shadow, you are Dracula and you are fighting Satan. I think. Yeah. I think the, the Christian god Satan is the uh, is the final boss. Oh boy! <laughs> I didn't actually play that one, but yeah, I'm steered clear of most of those. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you're kind of making a couple of leaps of faith here, and you're, uh, you're you're headed out. And this is like a nice mix of being inside the tower and venturing out into these kind of ash-blasted, you know, semi-battlefield outcropping kind of things. And notably, aside from the aside from this ashen idol, you haven't encountered a real enemy so far, mm-hmm. um, and you're not going to see one until it leaps out behind you. Yeah, yeah, from from the ground, right? <laughs> this first one kind of digs him, digs his way up. Mm-hmm. If it's not the first one, it's the second one who does that. Um, and so you're introduced to these uh, these Ashen Warriors um, who are going to be your principal enemy for, for most of the DLC. Um, there's not too much, you know, it's a, it's a humanoid Dark Souls enemy. Um, they're, they're super aggressive. They do a lot of uh, stamina damage. And, uh, yeah. Thankfully, nowhere near as uh, resilient <laughs> as uh, the, the, the bog standard enemies from Sunken King. At least mm-hmm. in, in in my estimation or in my experience, that that might be because of their of their resistances. But I felt like they went down quicker, and they offset that with with kind of you know greater numbers, numbers and ambushes, yeah. like numbers and, and tactics. Yeah. That. Well, they have they have incredible gap closing ability as well, don't they? Like just just they're they're kind of on top of you before you you've even kind of registered their their presence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the, those huge, huge leaps, and then also really, really long reach yeah. uh, with the weapon. This is also uh, in this little ash area where you have the little torsos of people sticking out of out of the ash, which was what signaled to me, like, oh, this is definitely, I'm just kind of partying in, in human remains <laughs> during this whole whole DLC, um, who sometimes contain items. Mm-hmm. Um, so some some unlucky soul was was carrying around a mundane stone and got yeah. got burned to a crisp. Almost. I like good. I like to think that somewhere in that ash is, is Donnie's remains from uh, <laughs> Big Lebowski. Just, <laughs> just somewhere, somewhere in there. Why does everything have to be a fucking travesty with you, man? Um, see it's funny that you read that as as you know cremated human remains dusting all over the place i read it almost as like a pompeii kind of thing yeah where this where this happened so quickly that like these these bodies in this battle were 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 preserved in the ash right well Mm. except they crumble into ash as soon as you touch them well yeah like they like they there's no there's no preservation like they just melt like a super metroid sand Mm mm-hmm uh, sand creatures. Yeah. Also, most of the most of the items that you pick up from them are actually just soul drops. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. So yeah, it, it, well, yeah, it seems like you can kind of get both, but either way, like it, it ends up making sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and then later they use these as kind of honey traps yeah. uh, to, to murder you with wall enemies. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, so you kind of keep uh, descending, going back into the uh, back end of the tower and you're introduced to like shortly uh, introduced to the second um, Ash Nidal, which has that, you know, a new effect. Mm-hmm. on them uh, which is again like this is pretty tough like i feel like this dlc is kind of about these set piece rooms yep. like it's, it's like almost like a collection of challenge rooms strung together yeah. with with hallway sections and this is the first major one um with this ashen idol that uh can actually will bring its, its warriors back to life it kind of covers them with this ash mm-hmm. and until you can destroy the ashen idol you can't actually take the warriors down for good yeah and the warriors when they're when they're covered with ash um i believe that they're more powerful i i can't remember that i if this one buffs them or if it brings them back to life if, i know I, there are action idols that do both yeah respectively at least i, I think i think at least it buffs it i i don't okay. rem- i don't remember there being um there being any resurrection that could just be me being very bad at keeping track of what enemies i'm fighting though yeah. Yeah. And I know there are ones that also regenerate too. So mm-hmm. in full disclosure, I didn't get a chance to play through this DLC in, t- in its entirety mm-hmm. uh, because the time we're recording this, we're also doing Morrowind uh, <laughs> for Watch of Fireballs, which is just a place where you put hours when you don't want them. <laughs> like it, it, it just takes forever. It's like a root cellar for time. Yeah, it, it is. It is just uh, incredible. So I've been really under the gun with that. Yeah. And I haven't. I've gone through uh, some of this DLC again, but I, I definitely played through it uh, mm-hmm. twice. You know, initially, but I haven't played through it since. So my memory's a little bit foggy. Yeah. Are we correct, Jason? <laughs> Are we correct about the the Ashen yeah. Ashen Wars? Yeah. Just sound confident. Yeah. Just uh, oh. hold your clipboard <laughs> and nod really assertively. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just nodded. The, uh, We're good. Yeah. Well, well, just anybody, anybody who corrects us, we'll just, we'll just argue them. Uh, we'll just use caps until they go away. I think um, any any good podcast way. host like purposefully drops like just you know in, incorrect you know sort of misstatements around you know just just as a way of like getting you know people sort of riled up and, and oh, yeah. commenting. It's it's just a way yeah. of drawing people in. It's it's yeah, a modern day version of a trap street. Right. You just you just put this you put that trap street on the map so you know it's like it's like copyright, right? Our mistakes are our own. Yeah. 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 And seatbelts kill more people than they save. <laughs> so yeah, as long as as long as I get that out there, I'm happy. <laughs> Corrections? Email us at duckfeed.tv forward slash contact. Uh, yeah. <laughs> But anyway, th- th- this is hard because there are tons of these guys, mm-hmm. and you have to get to that Ashen Idol, and you are invincible while plunging that uh, that stake into her heart, but it takes a little while for her to wind up. Mm-hmm. So um, it can be tricky. Like, the way I dealt with most of those areas in this uh, area, this this place, was to make a little progress and then go hang out on the ladder and heal. Yeah. I'm just kind of, nah, nah, nah. Like, I'm just going to, you know, crush these stones while I'm on the ladder. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of retreating and making little bits of headway each time. Yeah. Um, at this point, I, for some reason, was preserving the idols as they were. So I just kind of ran past this and dealt with it much later in the DLC. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. Were, were you doing it because did you think that um, like keeping them was a thing or did you just like, I don't want to deal with this now? Uh, it was a little bit of both. I also I saw how <laughs> I saw how few smelter wedges I had and I saw um, 
I saw how quickly those two were kind of in succession. I was like, these might be a resource that I want to preserve mm. and they're going to be here next time, whether I you know want them or not. So I'm going to see, see how I can get past them. And that actually ended up being very valuable. Mm-hmm. That was a good decision to make. Yeah, because yeah, it's, also, it's of... also interesting just kind of having this this kind of puzzle. Like you feel like you're sort of you know sticking these kind of like key devices into these into these things, but you don't really know why you're doing it, and like it takes quite a while to actually kind of pay off. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think I always find it interesting when games kind of coerce you into doing things that you don't that you don't really understand you know why you're doing it besides just you know simple kind of you know a a goes into b kind of yeah but yeah but i like that it was was kind of confusing it was confusing to me and i and i always sort of enjoy that confusion especially in this series Mm mm-hmm it's, it's a real um, video games thing for me because when I see, like, it, you know, if I'm playing D&D or something and there's, like, an idol in the middle of the room and I can't damage the enemies in the room, it's like, oh, I have to destroy the idol. Like, it's just it's this weird shorthand, you know, this, like, genre fiction gamey shorthand. Like, if there's one special thing, I probably have to destroy that just because it, it's there. And, and I don't, I didn't have a narrative justification at this point. You're right. Like, you're totally right. Like, I just, like, did it because of my... You know, because I knew I was playing a video game, it became this kind of weird meta knowledge. Yeah, and the and game actually, in terms of enemies that resurrect, like it, it does a nice job of, of kind of reserving that for for enemies that that feel like inorganic. Like you have these ashen soldiers, and then you know, like skeletons are like you know the the ones we're we're really used to in games, sort of you know reassembling and kind of you know picking up their head and and plunking <laughs> it on their own shoulders and. Um, like a jaunty cap. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I'm going out. Can't forget to put my head on. Uh, Miss Galady. Yeah. Uh, oh. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the, like these, the, these um, ash warriors, they're not explicitly hollow, right? Like you never see one chug Estes. Um, mm-hmm. So they're, they're, they're a different kind of beast altogether. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as you kind of continue to go further down, um, you can also, if you take a slightly different route down, um, and we're not going to get super fiddly with the actual route because it's mm-hmm. a lot of, you know, dropping off these things and, and just know that the level design kind of doubles back on itself in a lot of really interesting ways. We're going to kind of hit the high points as, as is the standard for these DLCs, but you also run into a different, uh, new enemy, the, uh, empty armor set, yeah. um, which you can get to here, which like, I love the way these things move, mm-hmm. uh, so much. Like, uh, and, and you can kind of see that's the idea behind them is that, like, they are unpredictable in their moveset. Um, they're kind of like they're flops and, and kind of like everything that they do has this kind of sense of weight mm-hmm. to it. Like they're carrying something too big for themselves and it just kind of falls on you with 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 relief as opposed to the force necessarily. <laughs> um, it, it falls down and breathes a huge like sigh. Of, ah. Yeah. And yeah. It kind of like lays down on its back. Mm hmm. To, to try to hit you yeah um, these things are really great it's even difficult to determine like what it's facing is like mm-hmm. because of because of the way I, I don't know its proportions or just the its alignment as it moves around um like i i i ended up kind of losing to them because i couldn't judge the distance or where they were heading yeah they also have that space closing ability mm-hmm. that the you know the other creatures do and they have a very interesting ranged attack um mm-hmm. where they they 
make their bow and arrow float into the air above them and kind of attack you from a 45 degree angle from above. Mm -hmm. That is hard to find, you know, where you are safe to block from it. And you cannot put like kind of a wall between you and them because they can get around it. Um, I think these monsters are super interesting. Like I like these guys a lot. Mm -hmm. And uh, the, the, the description on their great bow actually reveals a little bit about, you know, why they're, why they're here and what's actually kind of happening. Um, saying that, like, yeah, this is decorative armor that was just kind of around. You know, um, the Iron King was a militaristic king, and he had all these, uh, you know, it's like, yes, yes, I am strong. Armor, yes. And, uh, you know, once this ash started collecting around here, this black fog starts kind of seizing control and uh, doing, like, a Sorcerer's Apprentice with them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which is, which is uh, uh, the, the daughter of Manus has created this this ash mm -hmm. kind of fog in, in the area. And that's what broom means. Yes. Um, broom means uh, Mr. Fog. So, pretty neat. Yeah. Uh, you're also introduced to these cask hollows, which um, for some reason feel like something out of Berserk to me. Hmm. <laughs> like, I just, uh, again, just kind of the grotesque, like, oh, not only are you um, a shadow of your former self, but you're consigned to this brutal and pointless and suicidal labor of carrying around, um, you know, huge casks of explosive liquid. Yeah, that they, they, they cannot put down. Yep. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's like Sisyphus, but with like <laughs> something sort of less Sisyphus, you know? Like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, a, yeah. it's Sisyphus, it's Littlefus. Um, <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> but it is, it does seem like some kind of like, you know, sort of cursed, you know, kind of fate to, to be left just ambling around with these things, sort of carrying these. Gnarly, broken down casks. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and uh, they 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 explode real good, so you can take out whole. Uh, <laughs> yes, yeah. they explode real good. And yeah, you good can explosions in this game. Yep, we can disagree on that. The explosions, ten out of ten. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Five hair razors out of explosion. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, but uh, if you hella have explosions, hella explosions. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, but you can take out uh, whole groups of them and whatever happens to be standing by. And also, um, at some points, uh, fragile walls hiding items. There is a tremendous amount of hidden loot in this DLC. Yeah. Yeah. Th these barrel guys are tools as much as they are enemies. Like, they, they're not explicitly yeah. aggressive. They can attack you, and their attack is really goofy. <laughs> um, like, if you can imagine somebody who can't put down a barrel trying to attack you with a barrel mm -hmm. that's, like, the same size, like, they just kind of try to set it down on you. <laughs> And yeah. uh, and it's it's really adorable and and doesn't do very much damage. Gary, when um, when your only tool is a barrel, every problem looks like a keg delivery. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is a big stretch. But I kind of like it. Is this it, Kappa Kappa Dark? <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, and I, I love how goofy these these idiots are. <laughs> like, I just want to put like baby elephant walk music under them. <laughs> 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 um yeah they look super derpy don't they <laughs> yeah it's, it, they're they're fantastic in in that respect um we're also introduced um around here uh kind of non you know coincidentally to these uh uh these bowls that breathe fire which mm -hmm. we've actually seen these before yeah. in the actual in the the iron keep mm -hmm. um but these are going to be another tool yeah an obstacle that you're going to get around and, and I love the uh, I love kind of the the distinction that's drawn here because we've seen a lot of this kingdom right from the from the cops all the way into into here you know the cops being recreational the keep very much is like a like a military fortification right at least the part of it that we see that isn't mm -hmm. submerged like this is manufacturing 
Like this is yeah. this is resource extraction and and repurposing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, which fits into the ultimate story of this this area and the story of the Iron King that we we find out through the DLC. Mm-hmm. Um, is that you know when he did get this item that allowed him to uh, to shape iron, um, this is where he did it, and we see evidence of this kind of in in awesome ways later on. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's a th- this room, the, the 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 big challenge room with the other Ashen Idol. I think that provides healing. Um, yes. Yeah, and also the introduce introduce the first Iron Warrior that you see. Yeah, so this is this is a little bit further down. It's going to sound like we're skipping stuff, but again, we're just skipping like optional items and, and going mm-hmm. to a bonfire. But everyone knows this. This is that area where there are the a couple of uh, barrel holding idiots <laughs> uh, next to some trap doors. And then down on the floor below, there's just a, a whole lot of shit for you to fight at once. <laughs> did, uh, did did you have trouble with this on New Game Plus, Jason? Yeah, yeah. It, it took it took me a little while to to kind of figure out how to to use our barrel friends to my advantage. <laughs> um, but yeah, that that big oaf in the in the room was was a was a was a, was pain and pain and suffering incarnate. Yeah. No, well, he's suffering from severe shoulder seep. <laughs> so, like that—that'll do it. Like, if you're filled with lava and you've got some shoulder seep going on, that—that's going to be see a problem. That's what's just, happening, right? Like, that's what it seems to me is that like is, these are sets of armor filled with lava, and when they move in certain ways, it's leaking out of them. Yeah, he's got a case of the mm. ceaseless discharge. Yeah, he's he's got yeah yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's it'd be Poor gross guy. if it wasn't so horrible. <laughs> But um, yeah, and I remember trying to figure out how to herd the the barrel guys into the trapdoor, and <laughs> and they're, not, they're never quite playing along. Like they they kind of sort of amble and this way and that, and you can't really sort of figure out how to oh, how to oh, get them to go of... where you where you want them to go, which is just plunk down into that room. A, a weird kind of hack for that that I found is that if you lock onto them, they seem to respond to it more. Um, I don't know why that is, but when I locked onto them, I was able to move them in easier ways than if I if I hadn't. And I don't know if there's something like where they know they are being locked onto, but uh, uh, that's you, how I was able t- to hurt tickle them. Tickle them with your crosshairs. Uh, yeah. <laughs> just... <laughs> <You> just... <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> leading them around like a magic wand. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I had no idea that you could um, intentionally lead them around. I mean, yeah, uh, like they... more more so than just the regular kiting, right? Yeah, they, they try to they kind of try to stay away from you until they don't. Right. Um, yeah. So you, you, the the idea here is to push them down into this pit just to use them to try to clear the room, um, and and more realistically, what I I did most of the time was was able to kill you know one or two of the warriors, but there'd still be an archer and the ashen idol, and the uh, the giant you know stone warrior. Yeah. Uh, or uh, armored armored lava character you can uh, uh, the, you can get around into into where that archer is as well and make your life a little bit easier yeah well there, there's two there's two ranged fighters there's a guy up top who throws firebombs and there's mm. an archer in the corner yeah that's who i'm thinking of yeah yeah um i took the coward's way out and i i, I killed as many as i could by luring them up to the trap door and uh hitting him with, with 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 range stuff and once the once the herd was thinned uh properly i took a gamble on running for the door um, actually, and opening that up because uh, without using the, the the cask guys, because I didn't know you could you could herd them, um, it, I was just getting slaughtered. I just needed more room to maneuver, and that mm. that front door just acts as a choke point. So my ultimate goal was to at all costs get that open, so I mm. could so I could actually have a chance in a in a head on fight, right? 
Yeah. And and when you're fighting one of those suits of armor uh, head on, their their shoulders leaking this lava. Like <laughs> we 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 talked about it, but it, mechanically it's really interesting because mm-hmm. what it does, you know, we ran into those those turtle knights before that punish you for uh, fishing for backstabs by falling mm-hmm. on you, and these guys kind of punish you for trying to circle around them. Yeah. So when you try to strafe around uh, to get a, a side angle on these guys, lava spills out of them when they do these attacks. So maybe they're really tricky to fight yeah. like uh, between this and the empty armor guys, like this DLC has a lot of enemies that um, specifically vary up their move sets and they're kind of their hazard zones mm-hmm. um, in response to what the game designers know you're going to try, you know, approach them with. Yeah. If you need further evidence that it is ridiculously intentional, what they're doing, um, the lava mostly leaks out of its um, offhand shoulder. Mm-hmm. So if you are circling, uh, if you're circling toward the offhand, it's left. Um, that that that's where it's going to get you. Like they 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 know what your behavior is. They're anticipating it and trying to you know head it off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, super neat. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, and um, this uh, I have no idea what any purpose, uh, what purpose any of this architecture serves. But you're kind of headed out into this uh, balcony area where you're going to encounter kind of the third, the, like the, the, the remainder of the D&D party, right? These, uh, the, these sorceress priest kind of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And these guys have good drops. Like I don't, I don't farm for equipment in, mm-hmm. in games, but um, I was looking up stuff about them and uh, they actually have a really cool dagger uh, that if you hold it in your offhand, if you sacrifice a shield, it increases the power of your spells in your in your main hand mm-hmm. by a fairly significant amount. Yeah, um, that I, I never got a chance to get, but apparently that's a pretty pretty desirable piece of uh, weaponry. Yeah, it's similar to the uh, to the Chris Blade from uh, from Dark Souls One. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or is the Chris Blade in uh, Demon Souls or Dark? Isn't the Chris Blade in uh, Demon Souls? There, there is a similar blade in both games. Okay. Did you feel like this area really favored um, sort of people who played a ranged style? I know Vadi mentioned in one of uh, one of his videos that he kind of had this sense is like sort of teasing you into into the kind of the long range sort of uh, you know just poke spam. Um, but yeah, like the, the Shrine of Amana style Call of Duty cover shooter. Um, Dark Souls Sorcerers definitely yeah yeah I mean I I definitely did find myself opting for some of the long range sorcery and just kind of taking out but it it made that it made the sorcerer section a bit a bit more tedious uh, just kind of working through because they're they don't do much of they don't they're not very interesting um, in terms of their movements Um, Mm. so I found myself just kind of it felt like a toll bridge or something like just kind of going through and firing 10 quarters at the first sorcerer and then kind of moving on to the next toll but yeah i should just run up and gone for a backstab and i I can kind of see it either way like i i dealt with this by kind of luring you know trying to get people to follow me back Mm -hmm. to that area uh just outside um you know so we get everyone except for the sorcerers to hopefully follow me back there and then kind of take them on one-on-one or two-on-one. Um, yeah. So I definitely didn't just dive in, but on the the first playthrough when I went through this, I was not a ranged character and did okay. Um, the second time when I went through it, uh, trying to refresh my memory today for the show, I was a hex caster and did kind of do it the way that, that you're talking about, and it is kind of a snooze, like this, this yeah. specific stretch. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, these sorcerers have crazy high resistance, hella high, you might even say. Sure. Um, and so that is no, yes, we'll allow it. Um, and that kind of discourages that level of play as well. Um, you know, being somebody who primarily does play a lot of, you know, a lot of ranged characters, this, this area kind of has such a small footprint because it's this, you know, vertical tower kind of thing that oftentimes it doesn't give you the, uh, um, the line of sight that you need in order to make that viable, right? Either there's a situation specifically like this one where, you know, they are firing on you um, and ranged, or you're in a situation where they're right on top of you as soon as you see them. Mm-hmm. And so, and so, in, in that sense, I kind of saw range combat a little bit de-emphasized in this one, as compared to say, like Sunken King, which was more about like, um, you know, more moderately sized arenas, I guess. Yeah, and you would see areas where the where the level designers would would kind of try to try to counter that strategy with just very, you know, kind of clearly place kind of walls that would that would break that that kind of really nice angle that that or that cheap angle you know in terms of just getting up on a perch especially in that room full of enemies and and then just you know taking everyone out from the ledge yeah um -hmm. real-time follow-up the chris blade is explicitly only in uh demon souls like that actual item um, I can't dig up what the name of the actual item is in Dark Souls, so I can only presume that you are right, Gary, that there oh. is no such thing. No. Oh. Well, great. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Hella, hella correct. Yeah. <laughs> hella yeah. astute. Yeah, hella, hella, hella discouraging people. You know, nobody needs to write in about that. We figured it out, guys. <laughs> Um, but uh, let's talk about when you get past this area, that uh, that assassin tower. I love kind this. Of to the left. Well, that's, man, does Dark Souls bring in their their invader uh, AI yep. game? They're, yeah, they, they got their AI game right. Yeah. <laughs> so, and this tower, like, I have you figured this out? Other, like, from a from a lore perspective, other than just kind of the the treasure that's down there, like, what purpose this serves? The Iron King. Like it literally could have just been like a storeroom. I don't. I yeah. don't see like there, there. There's nothing in the way that it looks aside from aside from. Oh yeah, like here's here's just uh, our shed. It's the shed of Broom Tower. It's broom. Yeah. It's broom, broom shed. It's the broom closet. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it's very. It seems strange to me, uh, just because it does have this weird, you know, this spiral staircase that goes deep down and stuff that kind of had this air of uh, having an increased importance. But then there's just and this item, you know, is 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 interesting. That's down here that we'll we'll talk about in a minute. But it it it, it didn't seem to tie in very much. But like it made sense from a player perspective because it is a fan candy kind of item but didn't make as much sense from a you know from a inside the area perspective to me Hmm. um yeah so maldron the assassin um you know who who has a lance and he kind of fucks with you a little bit but then tries to tempt you down and get you to chase him down into this uh this tower to fight actual enemies and a ashen idol that has like mega curse ability (laughs) like you just start getting cursed like crazy yeah yeah had to run out and grab a curse bite ring from uh from Magarold. Mm-hmm. It's me, Magarold. <laughs> uh, the uh, you can, and it's actually there's an Give item me later all in your the DLC. Eggs. Yeah, the, uh, the later in the DLC that makes you immune to curse. Yes. So I think that that's probably no coincidence that that's in the that's relatively near here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, he uh, so, so this Mag uh, sorry I was about to say Magarold mm-hmm. this assassin <laughs> he uh, Maldron 
um, he 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 makes a break for it like half health. So you think that you've got him on the run, and in, in actuality, um, he's running down to where you can use a seed of the arch tree or whatever, and uh, just get him <laughs> torn apart. Yeah, yeah. Um, otherwise, you will get get torn apart. This was the first time I played through this. I I managed to get the ash idol and get the treasure, and then died, and then just didn't go back. Yeah. to explore until later because it is uh, there are a lot of enemies uh, down here but this uh this treasure that you get is uh, a group what is uh, the magnificent sword yes um which is uh, pretty much artorius's great sword yeah so uh, or, or more accurately probably the abyssal great sword it looks uh, yeah. you know it, it looks like the corrupted version of it which really cool like you're right fan candy is a wonderful way to put that um that this has kind of survived the ages and been preserved um, really, there's no reason to ask why he has it <laughs> mm-hmm. other than like, oh, it is it is a conquest and a relic and such. Yeah. Yeah. Because I don't like I mean, you can't have it both ways. Like the, the people who are very much like everything in Dark Souls 2 takes place somewhere in Dark Souls 1. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you know, we, we already have uh, in right by the Iron Keep, we have the Sunlight Altar. Mm-hmm. So is this in the parish or is this in... Uh, you know, in the in the the forest where Artorius's grave is, like it can't be all areas. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's what leads me to think that there's not so much credence to that idea that it, that it, there is a direct one to one ratio mm-hmm. with those things. Like this seems to directly contradict that if that's the the supposition they're going for. Yeah. So either you know, both of them can't have that kind of meaning. You know, if that makes sense. Do you have any thought on that, Jason? Yeah, I mean the, that part of the game is it's it's still it's still a little bit foggy in my in my recollection. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't haven't gotten to play back through that particular section recently. So. Yeah, yeah. It's I think it's foggy for everyone. Like yeah. I don't think any I don't think any I haven't heard a convincing argument either way. But like it is just uh, it's, it feels up in the air for me as well. Yeah, it's it's shocking how and this that this is more of a meta point and less about uh, you know Crown of the Old Iron King. But it's shocking how how intensely I held that conviction at the start and how quickly it went away. Like by the end of my first week with the game, it was like, oh, that is not the case. They're they're doing something that is that is, you know, a little bit more textured, a little bit more vague and, you know, less less fan service in, in general. Right. And it's and, and it's bizarre to me to see that still kind of creeping up. I won't take anybody's theory away from them, but just kind of like, wow, that is foggy for me as well, just because that I, I abandoned that so long ago. What, what's interesting is they, they explicitly support it and then contradict it at many points. Yeah. You know, and that, that will continue um, in, the, in the next episode as well um, in ways that, like, it just it becomes frustrating. And it's, it's like the enemy placement thing where, like, the least satisfying answer is that from just did it for no reason, mm-hmm. which I never want to think that of, of anyone. You know, <laughs> but I definitely don't want to think that of from who are, like, the masters of intentionality. Mm-hmm. But, like, some of the stuff yeah. is just very hard to, to place. You know, or make make a sense. Yeah. So hmm. it is one of those things, but it, it is is just one of those things that is a, a frustration about you know an otherwise amazing game yeah. that like doesn't you know it, we don't need to go through that. <laughs> no, that we white don't. Thing I was going to say, <laughs> like, let's, hello, hello, let's, let's let's back let's back let's off just skip that. through that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I will say that I I thought the, the the DLC areas were the most kind of distinctive feelings. Just interesting kind of evocative uh you know parts of of the whole dark souls 2 experience for me 
um, you know, I it, it was where I really kind of got I don't know like the the excitement and the and the fire kind of just really kind of lit up for me sort mm-hmm. of playing playing this DLC sections and 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 specifically this one I d- I just love the feeling of it you know from really from start to finish just the it, 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 I th- you said texture and I think that's the right word for it because like the machinery and the, and kind of all the the mechanical creaks and groans and and popping of like you know boiling lava and <laughs> steam and and all of like it it was just the most grimy kind of leave something under your fingernails kind of <laughs> kind of section yeah. of of the whole experience for me yeah definitely the one that left left the biggest imprint I went into this worried that it was going to be too much of a reprise of Old Iron Keep, hmm. and uh, that ended up not like very much not being the case, like you know, in gameplay or I think in appearance and aesthetic. Yeah, it's it's definitely stand on its own. I would I would agree with you. Like the uh, the DLCs are where where this game kind of super came alive for me. Yeah. Um, even though I appreciated it before as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, um, the Mag- the magnificent sword uh, is is strange. I would love to equip it, but I don't know that I could ever I could ever um, make myself attack with my left index finger. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and, th- and that's part of the reason why. Other than just the fact that it has Artorius's uh, little front flip mm-hmm. thing, but it says you know this sword. I, I don't have the description right in front of me because I don't have a silent keyboard. Yeah. But like it says something <laughs> like this sword has more power if you wield it in the left hand. Yeah. Um, it's a, it's a little bit more subtle than that. It says that uh, remarkably, uh, all of the master swordsmen who wielded this in the past um, wore it um, on their left hand or used it in their left hand. Mm. Yeah, which um, says, oh, Artorius wasn't just using his left hand because he was wounded. That was actually his primary sword hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So you head back into the uh, the tower. And uh, there's this kind of like this room with these these cask uh, hollows and iron warriors that you work your way through. And again, we are doing shortcuts and kind of making our way back into this central central tower. Mm-hmm. There are lots of ways to branch off from it, but there's a really welcome bonfire yeah. uh, here kind of in the middle and and dead machinery that is stymieing your your progress. Like there are uh, elevators and the like. And this is where you first see those. Is this where you first see those giant iron statues mm-hmm. hanging from the chains? I love those. Yeah. Like that's great, um, just for like an evocative image. Like that doesn't necessarily mean anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I really appreciate those. I mean, yeah. it's amazing. How, like it feels like a factory, but but also a torture chamber. Like I, mm. I, I found like it, it almost sort of had this, you know, like the the image that you see that looks like an old hag, and then you sort of look at it a different way, and it's like a young kind of debutante. But mm-hmm. like depending mm-hmm. on sort of you know the negative space, but yeah. I feel like this stage kind of felt that that way for me it 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 felt very i don't know like the the lava was you know people were being like lowered into it or being like tortured and then in another sense it's just like no this is just it's just a factory we're just forging things we're just yeah. you know i mean um, the old so iron very, king was definitely sadistic yeah mm. Yeah. So yeah, there's an element of uh, of that that is that is that is possible, mm-hmm. and the uh, it could be that that was you know part of like these things never got into production these giant warriors, but we later learn that one of his you know most trusted friends and everything leaves, mm-hmm. um, and it's not too big of a, a jump to think that that friend leaves because you know 
he was planning to do something with these big terrible statues mm-hmm. you know like this, this these could be weapons of war there's like there's an item description i don't know which one it is talks about how they were planning to build a giant or a giant dragon out mm-hmm. of iron yeah. as well like uh, he had big plans at the point where he got cut down yeah and and uh, it's it, it's interesting you know to see that this is where he saw fit to put the seed of his power right mm-hmm. like he had this keep which again military fortification but he chose to put his throne room at least the one that we see you know in this manufacturing like he wanted to be he wanted to be down in the in the action you know using this power right mm-hmm. yep yeah yeah um yeah this the, this foyer is is great um except you see these elevators that are frozen um kind of in, you know in a, in a halfway position and there's a place that calls for this you know flaming you know scorching scepter Right, which is which is going to be the uh, the fuel source that lights up these towers, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, the, you know you're you're headed out to another kind of like a, a broom shed in order to get this, um, but you have to pass through a pretty. Uh, I, I like this room, although like your Gary, your uh, comparison of this to a bunch of challenge rooms is is very apt here. The one where you are kind of uh, going around the edges and opening up the gates for these shortcuts around these cask guys ultimately trying to um, lure this uh, iron warrior out and uh, getting getting beyond that. Yeah. We're, th- is this the one where he's kind of chasing you yeah. a little bit? Like you're in the exterior hallway, like the interior is like a cage mm-hmm. um, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that, that is that is a really, you know, a really tough room as well. Um, and, and, and it's kind of like a chase scene, which is super cool. You know, like if you if you want to if you want to fight him in a better area, you can kind of get him to chase you into a more open area because fighting those guys in a hallway, because since their flanks are made of lava, <laughs> like is a bad idea. Old lava flanks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, beyond this, you, you get to this other tower running across another chain bridge um, to get to uh, the Scorchers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was a big dummy. I saw these torches and I was like, oh. Here's a big torch that has a lot of tar around it. It has a visually distinct design, so it might be a good idea for me to light it and see what happens. This might be a part of a puzzle, right? You absolutely positively don't want to light these torches. (laughs) (laughs) So I fell for the trap. Yeah. The the design on these guys is also, like I've I've said a thousand times. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's just just, uh, these, these, these kind of fat dudes crawling across the ground mm-hmm. um are super goofy yeah you know similar to the barrel hollows and i i like how how goofy some of the designs are in uh in dark souls mm-hmm. so yeah uh but uh, when they are when they are not alight when they're just plain old oily big dudes um <laughs> they kind of crawl <laughs> after you and uh do some small attacks however when they're lit up they are very quick oily big dudes nobody loves oily homer because he will run up to you and explode yeah yeah, he's the uh, it is it is the Greek Scot- Scotsman in the uh, in that episode of The Simpsons. Yeah. They go from from greased Homer to to greased Willie. Yeah. <laughs> the light of a match. It was that one uh, season twenty six episode where everybody was covered in grease. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Why is Springfield so greasy? <laughs> and then Satya Bob comes back and he doesn't have a face and turns out that all the grease is his face. Apparently, the the cheese that forms in these fat guys' folds is just so flammable. Oh, it's just no. uh, <laughs> so as, a, as a, a man of carriage, um, I've never tried setting myself on fire. 
but I, I imagine that I'd be faster and more dangerous if I was. <laughs> so I, I yeah. too would run towards the nearest living thing. Yeah, yeah, help. That's, that's all they want is for you to stop, drop, and roll them. Yeah. But yeah, if we ever needed to, if we had a deadline to podcast, we could both set ourselves on fire coal and then just podcast faster and more aggressively. Yeah. <laughs> so. Mm. Yeah, so the, the the screamcast, the duckfeed.tv for screamcast. <laughs> it's our charity screaming event. <laughs> Duck scream. Duck scream. <laughs> I told you I was hardcore. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hello, hardcore. Yeah. Um, let's talk about Quick Blade the, Rachel. Oh, the, go ahead, go yeah, ahead. the thing about a sort of podcast, you know, it's it's radio, right? So it's, you could just. Tell people you're on fire and just taking it really well, you know. Like. Yeah, just just do it all through Foley in the background. <laughs> just just cue up the Christmas log DVD and have, yeah. have it playing. It's like the initial concept for the show, which was going to have bonfire sounds just laid under the entire thing. Yeah, <laughs> that that was never the idea. No, that that would have been uh, what what a different world we'd live in. Um, <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, but yeah, quick blade Rachel. Uh, she, again, stepping up the Invader AI, enchants her blades. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't remember having a, a huge problem with quick blade Rachel. Nope. Um, even with her, her enchanting her blades. Like, it's cool that they, they added that, but she uh, she went down pretty quick. Like, the ultimate goal of this area, getting past Rachel and the Scorchers and stuff, is to get to this room that is a chapel um, where the Scorchers are worshipping the scepter. Mm-hmm. Um, and they will, they will attack you, um, when you first get in there, but at first they are all kind of facing it, which mm-hmm. is a really cool image. Yeah. Um, and this is the scepter that allowed the iron King to shape iron. Yeah. It'll meld it. Yeah. There, that's true. There aren't that many moments in the game that, that where you feel like you're kind of stepping into, into something that's kind of happening on its own. And you're a spectator, like every, you kind of feel like everything's sort of about you and, and everyone's kind of coming at you all the time. And, but yeah, but they're really, it's really nice when all of a sudden you feel like you're just kind of watching the world kind of tick over and, or sort of, um, just eavesdropping on, on something that's sort of happening that doesn't involve you. I, I find that a really, really nice, nice kind of break from the, you know, being the center of attention. Yeah, I, I love that. Like, and it's also just like worshiping something that's like an inanimate object like that. Like, there is a weird kind of creepy inhumanity to, mm-hmm. to them doing that. Like, it almost seems like an instinct. Mm-hmm. Like, they're, they're drawn to it as opposed to being kind of thinking people. Yeah, because like an animal will be attracted to just like a shiny spoon or something. You yeah. know, so there is something almost just sort of, you know, animalistic kind of. Yeah, I love the uh, kind of the the set design of this room too. Kind of that gigantic furnace that it's plugged into. Like this, uh, um, both the DLCs so far have been have been incredibly um, ornate in the way they kind of assemble things. Right? Mm-hmm. It just it, it looks fantastic. And you know, whereas you would normally think, oh, DLC, this is like post game, and you know, we're just kind of here putting together something extra for you. This feels very you know bespoke in a satisfying way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I'm looking at the description for this item as well. Like uh, the old Iron King, it says he took this from uh, from the region of Ven, 
like like this whole region region used to be called Ven, and he was an old guy, like old and feeble, right? But getting this kind of like revitalized him, and I'm wondering if there's like a parallel between this and whatever Vendrick took from the giants, right? Oh, sure. So I mean, they're they're both um, have to do with kind of animating an inanimate object, or mm-hmm. they could like or not necessarily what Vendrick took from the giants because we don't know what that is, but Vendrick also you know, animates the inanimate. Like, there is a parallel between his golems and the old Iron King being able to manipulate iron yeah. and kind of shape it in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't mention that this was on the, the ashes of, of Ven, but that's also kind of an interesting interesting little bit of a, of, of lorelet mm-hmm. there. So we don't, you know, again, like, th- things are separated chronologically and spatially. Mm-hmm. Um, the old Iron King's kingdom, his entire kingdom is built upon this. And uh, part of him kind of Gaining that that follower, which is uh, Sir Alon, you know, we'll mm-hmm. t- we'll talk about him later, but uh, he kind of you know helped build the king up and, and gave him this power, and it kind of creates this narrative that he went a little bit crazy and started you know creating gigantic monsters and and torturing undead and stuff, and mm-hmm. and Alon decided, I'm out of here. And for those this is not what I signed up for. For those of you who forgot, just like I did, um, the Prince of Ven. Um, uh, was the person, was the one who uh, um, was betrothed or in love with the princess of Alken, uh, you know, and you'll recognize them from the various belfries, right? Mm-hmm. One of which is in the Iron Keep. Yep. Which makes sense. Like, if you built the uh, the Iron Keep around this this belfry, like, that, it has that kind of ancient name and, and ancient lore to it. Mm-hmm. Maybe the Iron King wanted to take it over and could not because of the invaders. Mm-hmm. So we kind of built around it. Yeah. You know, which is kind of an interesting idea. Like, oh, there's just this entire covenant dedicated to uh, protecting this. They yeah. only care about this bell tower, though. I'm going to build this castle around it. Right. And and just like, don't go in that room. Because there you is know? no eminent doma- domain. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. So um, what what happens when you get the scepter? Well, this lets you alter the uh, the, the the entire level, um, at least the main tower. You know, there's a little bit of a fun gag where you're trying to get out, and there's another scorcher on the elevator. But uh, you're kind of headed back to Broom Tower in order to activate this machinery. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, this lets you get to a bunch of different areas. Ultimately, the lower floors, which is where we're going. Mm-hmm. But in the meantime, you can kind of go on a treasure hunt. Yeah. Uh, in the in the middle of here, and get some interesting. You know, items. Um, that curse item, which we mentioned, which is this is one of those hidden doors, <laughs> I think, in the game. Um, this this illusory wall. Like, I did not find mm. this on my own. I, no. I saw it on a video later. But there's a, it's on an elevator. On your way up the elevator, you kind of have to tap the the wall, and mm-hmm. then you can hit it on the way down. Um, you get the hollow skin, which is a uh, is is built to thwart fashion souls. <laughs> People like it's super useful, but is the ugliest mask in the game. <laughs> yep, it is. Uh, it, it is not actual hollow skin. Um, it is mm-hmm. made as mockery uh, of of hollow skin, which is kind of brought about again in this more humorous, in this more humorous item description than you would see in you know regular Dark Souls. Finally crafted to perfectly imitate the head of a hollow, only without the abhorrent stench. Whoever created this was surely deeply respectful to those lost to hollowing. <laughs> so you kind of you kind of get the sense of this of this like aristocracy, and we know, we know how the Iron King treated hollows, right? Um, it's almost a, like a dishonored kind of thing where they're partying inside the inside the gates while the the, the entire you know place is lost to plague, and there's somebody walking around with a plague victim mask. Yeah, right. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that, that, yeah. That, that you can you can definitely see that because because the Iron King is a bad person. <laughs> um, 
And yeah, and it's also it's it's so it's so useful and so useful in this uh, this specific DLC. But it's just like I can't wear it because I'm too concerned with how my little dude looks. <laughs> you know, like I just don't want to have him wearing this uh, gross mask, this Halloween mask, <laughs> the entire time. Yeah. So, um, you also get that uh, the simpleton's ring, which is uh, pretty Ridiculous. cool. Like, it, yeah, like it makes you invisible while rolling. Um, which uh, Lobos let us know on you know a couple episodes ago that it adds to your iframes when you're rolling, which I didn't realize. Mm-hmm. Um, but it seemed like purely a PvP item just to be tricky yeah. with that. But pretty pretty goofy and fun. Yeah. It's uh it is it is roughly analogous to the to the wooden ring, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um <clears throat> yeah, other than the fact that like it makes you invisible while well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like it is it is it is in that it adds your iframes mm-hmm. and then has this uh totally also extra effect. <laughs> yep. Which gives you like this uh blinking kind of kind mm-hmm. of sense to it i've never fought somebody who used this but i i'd be very uh, excited to try it on somebody mm-hmm. yeah i was sad that i got to a point in the game where i had like my the optimal ring selection like so it felt like you'd get some of these interesting new rings and and you just didn't have any fingers left to you know to put them <laughs> on you were you were some sort of grotesque four-fingered man um <laughs> Like a ninja turtle? uh, (laughs) You got ninja turtle paws. Um, (laughs) Exactly. And it makes me wonder, how did we ever get by with two ring slots in Dark Souls 1? You were just walking around like Nixon, just giving the peace sign. (laughs) (laughs) All the time. Yeah, it's it's a a D&D rules, I think. Mm. Like, I think that's a holdover from, like, only being able to have one magic item active on that that slot because they would interfere with yeah. each other. Yeah. And I, I think it's an old D and D thing, but even D and D kind of gave that up. Even though I don't think you can have like, you can't be straight up the Mandarin <laughs> in, in DVD with, uh, with 10, 10 magic rings. Mm-hmm. Um, if only we lived in such a world. Um, <laughs> one of the, one of the biggest things you're going to get here are just a bunch more of these, uh, smelter wedges. Yeah. yeah. Um, there are exactly enough smelter wedges for all of the uh, Ashen idols. And if you, you don't have to destroy all the Ashen idols to complete the DLC, but you do to get Nadalia's soul. Mm-hmm. Her real soul, right? Not the not the fractured pieces. Yeah, yeah. Um, hmm. Yeah, and, and and just some of these items are just a lot of upgrade materials and uh, and and such. Uh, importantly, you can kind of go out on this um, uh, rocky outcropping, and at the very very end, uh, beyond some iron warriors, is uh, the tower key. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is going to uh, let you kind of access even more of these optional areas. Yeah, is that is that what brings you into the the challenge area? Yes, that okay. that is what takes you into the into the challenge area. It also takes you into another um, kind of curse hallway a little bit. Mm. And uh, uh, yeah, wait, I think yeah, hmm. I know I know what you're talking about. That curse yeah. hallway, which is that that big uh, kind of a uh, hallway with the different branching paths, and there's the hidden hidden yeah. ashen idol. Yep, that's cursing you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Um, but, uh, the kind of the primary critical path, and I know that we're ignoring some of the, uh, some, like some of the offshoots, like it doesn't make sense to talk about the prowlers right now because it doesn't make sense to head up there right now. Mm-hmm. But as you head down, you're getting into kind of the dark area and you're seeing more of these kind of statues and they're now large weapons hanging, you know, kind of from a darkened ceiling, right. As you're, uh, as, as you're headed down into these, uh, kind of the very basement of this, uh, of this tower. Right. Right, right, right. Which is, you know, again, I, I love that visually, and that's why I think makes sense with the uh, possibly why why Sir Alon decided to to get out of Dodge, because this definitely has that sinister edge that Jason was talking about, mm-hmm. where it feels like it is a, a malicious 
Yeah. Malicious operation. I love the bit of slapstick here after you uh, kind of like head out um, to the to the little side tower there and start falling through the floors. Mm, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah each floor is just like, like, like claps that you just keep going through. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And so if you fall into that trap and you don't just take it very slow and pick off enemies one by one, you do what I did and you fall mm. taking all of them with you. Yeah. To the very bottom floor where there's like, ten, like just yeah. like 10 different dudes pancaked on top of you in addition to the Iron Warrior who's already down there. Like yeah. there are lots of times in Dark Souls where you die and you just like there's nothing you can do but laugh. Mm-hmm. But uh, holy yeah. shit, I, I lost it, you guys. <laughs> it's amazing. It's got all like the structural integrity of like a sort of an Ikea sort of, you know, living room set. It's like crown yeah. of the Ikea like, king. Like the Ikea broom. <laughs> yep. Um, with with a umlaut over the U instead of not. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Gary, we've been podcasting together for too long because I was going to make that same joke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um yeah i i I love that that bit and again like it like everything it's it's not too bad if you take it super slow but it's it's trying to if you if you rush in it's like well you're in for a penny in for a pound because you you rushed in and now you're gonna rush all the way to the bottom (laughs) yeah at at the bottom there's kind of this large um circular chamber with a boss fog and it's notable that we haven't run into a boss yet like i feel like this i mean it happened in the last dlc to an extent as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, the bosses are really kind of stacked at the end mm-hmm. of here. Um, yep. And uh, and it has, uh, notably, there are Ashen Idols um, around the end of it, and you really want to be able to take these out. Holy shit, do you. Yeah. If you can't do that, uh, don't don't fight this boss yet. <laughs> um, other, other pro tip, uh, don't summon help. Nope. For, for this boss. That's a huge mistake. It, a human player might be able to help you, mm-hmm. but the two, it's like, I think you can get Carhillion. Carhillion yep. uh, of the fold here, but any you know NPC computer controlled NPC summons you're going to get are just going to make this awful for you. Yeah, it's a uh, Carhillion and also Steelheart Ellie who helped yeah. you out in the Al- Alana fight. Yeah, and and she's great. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong, <laughs> but you don't need you don't want her yeah. for this fight, which mm-hmm. like I think has it maybe like this might be like the the hardest Dark Souls to fight. Hmm? like it's it's really like it's it's super like i love this fight but it's really hard yeah like um and this is the the fume knight any of that difficulty was overwhelmed by how much i fucking love this fight yeah (laughs) Yeah, it's, it, it took me a lot of tries, but I felt really good when I did it. Yeah. Um, what, what was your experience with this, Jason? I feel like I, I'm sorry if we've been talking over you or anything, anything during this. No, not at all. I, um, yeah, because I was playing through a new game plus, I, I, I did. I actually did summon quite a bit because I didn't. I didn't feel like I was. Yeah, in, in a way, I, it, it was humbling. I like I would, at different at different points. I didn't. I didn't feel like I was. Up to the challenge of, of soloing some of the some of the NG plus uh, bosses, so I'd, I'd kind of bring in help and and then try to try to muddle my way through with with sorcery. So <laughs> yeah, for for me, for somebody who'd been kind of a a soloing purist, like in, in the, with the first you know Dark Souls, I think I relinquished a little bit of that with with the second one mm. uh, and didn't you know didn't 
even if it was a boss that was designed, you know, to be to be a co-op boss, like you know, I'd just I'd just play it by myself. But with this one, I think I just I was a little bit less of a purist about it. Mm. So I just I just felt like, yeah, you know, it's it's new game plus. Like I need somebody to help me, you know, burst burst this person down and and <laughs> and just decided to have fun with it. Yeah. Well, to, yeah, uh, to, clar- to clarify, like I, I didn't mean um, that you shouldn't summon because of any kind of honor thing. Uh, I found this boss a lot harder when I would summon. Like yeah. uh, his resistances went up, and I, I was, I found it easier because I was by myself. Yeah. Um, mm. I don't know if that's a new game plus, if it's, it changes at all, or if you, if you grab human players, they might be able to be helpful. But when I summoned uh, Carhillion and Steelheart Ellie after, like, because I, I tried to go through it, you know, one on one, the honor way a bunch of times, and was just dying and dying and dying, um, and tried summoning the, uh, the NPCs that came with the game, and they just made it harder. Yeah. Like they died really quickly, and I did almost no damage to, to Fume. Mm-hmm. So that, that's more what I meant. Not that uh, it was like a, you know, I, I don't begrudge anyone playing through these games any way that they want to. Like, yeah. I'm going for that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, I, I I ended up beating Fume Knight with a, with a summon because I uh, kept on bouncing off of him. Like, I got him through all his phases, right? We should probably describe what he is mm-hmm. um, because he's he's a little bit Artorias 2.0. Um, yeah. In terms of he's a swordsman, he starts out with a great sword and kind of like a small sword in his off hands, but after you do enough damage, he sheds the, the, the small one and it goes full on like one on one sword duel a little bit. Um, and uh, if you don't take out these idols on the outside, they kind of have the same effect as the warmth pyromancy and he will be healing at them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I got to the point where it's like, I, I completely understand what this fight is about. Um, but I just can't execute on it, so I, I summoned I summoned help, and I forget the name of the person who helped me. Um, but uh, that kind of got me a little bit over the edge. I think what makes it like makes it really difficult with uh, with an NPC, and this may just be coincidence or confirmation bias. I'm not sure. I think his AI is uh, is is pegged to attack you if you heal. Yeah, that's that's 100 percent true. Mm. Yeah, and like so, he, that yeah, he will aggro on you if you heal um, over other players. Yeah. And so, kind of the purpose that regular NPC invaders, you know, not invaders, but regular NPC co-op partners serve as a kind of distraction to buy you a little bit of bit of breathing room, actually lures you into this false sense of security where he will come in and just wreck you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and in general, like for this this boss and the other like really great boss in this DLC, like it just came down to me just being able to dodge stuff. Like I. I could never like I couldn't find a lot of opportunities to heal um, because of that AI thing, but I just needed to get to where I had a minimal need for it. Um, when he gets out his uh, when he buffs his greatsword and he does that slow wide sweep, <laughs> that took me mm-hmm. so long to figure out because it's 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 such a late dodge mm-hmm. for that one, and it took me a really long time to figure that out. And then like once I got it, I'm like, okay, I can kind of do this now. You know, I can consistently get him down to half just from learning his his, his kind of quick patterns in the first half. And then when he slows down a little bit and the, the kind of dodge points are not at the same point in the swing uh, that they are earlier on, um, that's what took me the longest time to kind of figure out. And eventually it became similar to that Artorias fight again, um, where like, you know, when I was able to beat Artorias the first time, is like, oh, you know, I almost did it without getting hit. Like, I just knew it. And that's that, like, you know, really, really great uh, Dark Souls feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, and this wasn't quite the same. Like, I didn't do it without getting hit, but it was near that. 
I mean, how great does the weapon look? You know, too. It just <laughs> it's just got like just fumes of like oily black smoke, kind of you know pouring off it, like the most putrid kind of uh, you know dirty fire you know, fire imaginable. Like it's it was great, yeah. and it just you know just tied back in like it was just like a beautiful kind of thematic sort of you know circle closer for the you know the other parts of the stage. Yeah. Well, and it makes sense with with who this guy is too, um, because you know, unlike uh, some of the other kind of randos that that you fight in these games, where they're just kind of new people that are introduced, like the Iron Crown DLC ties to the main game an awful lot, mm-hmm. and we know who the, this is. This is Raim, yeah, um, who was the uh, the formerly the the left hand of uh, of Vendrick. Um, you know, is Velstat's kind of brother in arms, and they they had a falling out. This is the the rebel, and uh, Velstat defeated him, and he ran off. And uh, came here. Yeah. And, came, and dedicated himself to Nadalia. Yeah. He came here looking for a father figure and um, he fell under the thrall of uh, Nadalia. Mm-hmm. Kind of corrupted by this black fog, if you see Nadalia as a corrupting force. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's a little line in one of his item things that says that he had the power to get rid of the fog, but decided to embrace it instead. Yeah. So again, there's a little bit of Artorias parallel where like, I mean, Artorias didn't embrace it. He was kind of embraced by it. Mm-hmm. But somebody who went to go fight something initially and then, to, you know, was ended up actually working with it. Um, really cool Easter egg. If you go into this fight uh, wearing Velstat's helmet, um, <laughs> he will immediately buff up. Yep. Like it drives Raym into a, into a rage. And he doesn't uh, give you that uh, kind of that first half. Yeah. Like super, super cool little detail. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so that's bizarre because like with seeing Velstat in, uh, in the Sunken King and Raym here. Yeah. These DLCs, that, 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 that's just weird how they're, how they're being significant. How they, how they well, remain significant. One of them us. makes way more sense. Like, well, yes, it does. Yeah, Vel, Velstad in, in Sunken King was a little bit frustrating to me. Yeah. Um, you know, and I felt like it was kind of stretched to figure out, like, why she was able to do that. Mm-hmm. This, it's like, oh, there's actually item descriptions that say, like, oh, yeah. he left there and came here. And this you know? actually, the, like, the, this, you know, solidifies the timeline a little bit, right? Mm. Because we know that, you know, like, after we assemble, you know, Nadalia's soul, we know that she came here long after the Iron King had kind of fallen. So this isn't the the Macbeth narrative, right? This isn't the the, 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 the queen, the corrupting queen who causes the kingdom you know, to fall the same way that we see it happen in, you know, specifically Vendrick's case. Like she's here and almost like a tragic figure. She's like a like a parasite with no host. Right. And so the tower exactly. becomes her host. Exactly. Like, and that's what, when we were talking about in the last episode about kind of like the, the gender politics of Dark Souls 2 and how there are a lot of stories of vain, evil women mm-hmm. manipulating kings, it seems like. And it's like we have uh, Mitha and then we have Nishandra and then we have Alana. Um, I think this DLC and the next one kind of shows you these different aspects of, of madness and ultimately of humanity mm-hmm. that are not quite as kind of grody yeah you know like this is you know this this kind of feeling of isolation like when when nadalia talks to you like she talks about being lonely and talks about uh you know just wanting you to be there and this kind of like intense like the parasite without a host is a really good way to put it like these daughters of manis are driven to a king um she got somewhere where that was already gone and it kind of drove her fucking nuts yeah you know um, and that's when she just started doing this dance that created this dust and broom and kind of, uh, you know, created a lot of the the hazards of this this formerly dead place, but not out of malice so much as like mm-hmm. despair. Yeah. And when she couldn't find a king, she ultimately settled for a vassal, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. And and it, it was a symbiotic kind of thing, too, because Reem obviously, you know, desired that. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of the things in his item description, like, you know, I, I firmly, formally said he was kind of a corrupted force, but that's not really true. Like they say, like, he had the power to do it, but chose to do this. Like he, you know, he you know, found this, like, strong mother figure. Like, there is, like, a weird sense that it is not, like, Rain was kind of a shit heel in the first place. Like, it's mm-hmm. not, like, a noble hero that's been corrupted. It is more, like, he's kind of chosen to be to be this champion. Mm-hmm. Um, which, again, you also have, like, kind of shades of uh, uh, Vengarl. Yeah. As well, in that, in that he's kind of protecting her. And then that moment when you actually uh, defeat him and go into the room afterwards, like, just talking about, like, kind of poses or... or <laughs> you know, that are, are really kind of evocative. Like when you actually find Nadalia um, sitting on that kind of big pile there, mm-hmm. um, her like that is, that's a really amazing and really arresting image, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And she has the crown, like she got it, <laughs> but there was nobody there to wear it or anything. Yeah. So. And honestly, no kingdom over which to rule. Yeah. 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 So, there's just nothing to do. So, so if we're if we're talking about kind of these the, these daughters of Manus being different aspects of humanity, and you know, obviously Alana's wrath, and you know, you could you could probably say that um, what's 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 her name, uh, Vendrick Lady Nashandra Nashandra is you know kind of like deceit um, or, or want. Yeah, I guess want. Or, there or we desire. Go. Yeah. Like I think yeah. that they, her items all say of want. Yeah, of want. There we go. Yeah. 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 Um. You know. The, 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 then what is what is Nadalia? Like I like a loneliness or like isolation, longing, or, you think? I guess yeah, so. longing or something like that. Like, yeah. um, yeah, like just you know, like it it is a pretty human thing to 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 want um company, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So it's not all the terrible things about humanity mm-hmm. that that Manus kind of farted out. Yeah, there's also you know, and then we'll we'll see that more in the uh, the next DLC as well. Yeah. Um, but I'm really glad they took that opportunity to add a little bit of shade to that because I uh, I do not like the the corrupting queen narrative on its own as a thing like that is that is yeah, frustrating to me. It's, it's like the little fork tongue kind of you know king's assistant. It's it yeah you know yeah. it it is just it's a bit too over the plate kind of you know fantasy tropey. Yeah, yeah, Gr- Grima's uh, worm tongue, who somehow <laughs> got that job despite his name. Like if, you know, oh, yeah, okay. Like we have your applicants are Grimus Worm Tongue, Baron True Heart, and like you know, Kale Never Lie. <laughs> Which one will you choose as your your, your your advisor? Yeah, I have no idea what you're making a reference to. I'm so sorry. Oh, oh Lord of the Rings. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. That's the name of the uh, the evil advisor in Lord of the Rings is oh. Grimus Worm Tongue. Well, I just added myself as somebody who does not know enough about Lord of the Rings. Get out of here, fake geek. Fake geek. <laughs> Podcaster hey, boys. I know I know what Mordor is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You're just you're just a gamer Cole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you said see you later, Cole. Yeah. <laughs> just a gamer Cole. I said see you later, Cole. Yeah. Um Oh yeah. man! Uh, that, credentials. Question. <laughs> that uh, that 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 crown is pretty nice too. Restores your uh, yeah. your spell, your spell uses. Yeah, which is the only source of being able to do that infinitely mm-hmm. in the game, which is pretty cool. I'm going to cut in here for a quick message break. We are coming up on the winter holidays, your Christmases, and whatnot. And um, if you're looking to support the network here with any last minute gift buying uh, that you might be doing, possibly on Amazon, a great way to do that is to go to duckfeed.tv slash tip jar and um, use the Amazon links there. 
Uh, we have them for the U.S., for the U.K., and for Canada. If you click that link and go about your business on Amazon, you will get the same Amazon experience. You will not pay a single cent extra, and we will get a kickback from whatever you buy uh, that goes towards uh, things like helping support the network and keeping the lights on and paying for hosting and all of those things. Once again, that is duckfeed.tv slash tip jar. Use those Amazon links, buy your holiday gifts on Amazon, and uh, support the network. Thank you. Um, there are two other areas to this. Um, so that's that's all you have to do to get the crown. But there yeah. are two other areas, um, one of which I think is super worth doing. Uh-huh. Um, so the other, the other of which is some horrible bullshit. Yeah, the other which is not so great. Um, so we'll talk about that one first, the Iron Passage. which um, So like every DLC has a co-op challenge area. Mm-hmm. Um, so far, and like in the main game, there's also the uh, the Cavern of the Abyss, which is kind of the the challenge area um, for that. Even though it's not co-op, but uh, it has this kind of like optional hard area. And this time, it's the Iron Passage, where like the the Iron King was getting his iron from. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and it's it's a big pain in the ass. Yeah, you get it, to his <laughs> long hallways full of bad guys. Yeah, you get to it from the uh, for like from the the elevators below the foyer, and it's neat because you get to see. Oh, it is it is literally. Like, you couldn't have done this without magic. It is just a, a a passageway of pure iron. But like the Cave of the Dead, it's it's just meant to be a meat grinder. Yeah, yeah. And and like the Cave of the Dead, like the only thing that makes me not absolutely like hate this. Like, there's two things. One, how terrible the challenge area is in the next DLC. <laughs> two, uh, that the fact that I just like how many times can I figure out how to run through this without having to fight these guys every time? Because <laughs> it's such a pain in the ass. And like, you can do it. You can just run through and never fight anything. But there's a really hard boss at the end. Yep. That that makes that makes it so you have to do that a lot. Um. So it's 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 not great. Did uh did you even make a dent in this, Jason, in uh, New Game Plus? I, I didn't. I got I got my grubby hands on that crown and was like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I I stuck it on my head and yeah. and, <laughs> and said, "See you later, boys." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, well, the next area that we we want to talk about, I, you should really do. Yep. Like th- this one is garbage, but you got to do the the memory of the old Iron King. Yeah. Um, because that's it's really good. Um, but but this so the the boss of this area is uh, Smelter Demon mm-hmm. again, but he's blue. Yeah, he's he's magic. This time with a hat. Yeah, he's very blue. <laughs> Flavored. The best thing about this boss is that if he has a different soul, mm-hmm. and if you make. Uh, the the great sword out of his first soul and out of this one, then you have blue and red flames oh. coming out of it, and your power stance attack look like amazing, like blue and red electric rainbow fire. Like it looks really cool, <laughs> and that's that's the best thing you can do is make a really awesome visual effect. Is is that the only reason to put yourself through this? Um, there's one other reason. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, I yeah. forgot about this. <laughs> yeah, um, Pharos's mask. Yep. Um, which you get, which is like. Super, like, uh, it, it cry like, so if you wear this, you are constantly wet because the mask constantly cries. Yep. Which oh is, that's my awesome. God. Yeah. 
Like that is a really cool idea. Like that sounds like something out of the like, commonplace book, honestly. Yeah, or or just like the like D and D first edition like book of artifacts. Yep. Like here's the coin that always bleeds and the mask that always cries. And like <laughs> you know, it, it's like that's that's great. Like what I wouldn't give for a mask that always cries. <laughs> In fact, I might trade my soul for a mask that always <laughs> cries. Ah, hello, Gary. <laughs> Um, <laughs> it's, it's also binding of Isaac, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's yeah, true. Just, yeah, um, endless tears, projectile tears. For, further complicating the narrative of Pharos, though, not only is this of his own design and presumably of his face, um, this is the giant dad das. This is the mask of the father. Q dubstep drop. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The legend will never die. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it, yeah, I don't, I don't know why it is the mask of the father, other than just like fan candy. Yeah, because the mask of the father has become such a meme. Yeah. Um, also, like, I'm still pretty into this idea that Pharos was the rotten. Uh huh. Um, so I don't know, like, the mask. Does it say that he wore it, or does it say it is one of his like patterned after one of his contraptions? I can't remember. It says it's patterned after one of his cra- uh, um, contraptions. However, it is not. <laughs> like, it is patterned yeah. after his contraptions insofar as his contraptions also look like a face. Well, it could be. Maybe I mean, then then you get all kinds of crazy shit. Like he actually created the masks that Pinwheel was making. <laughs> uh, if that's one of his contraptions, like, is Pinwheel just a a Pharaoh's puppet? <laughs> we're through the fourth wall here people um, you imagine contraptions I, I, it could be some sort of loose kind of japanese translation mm. you know so oh sure just contraption could be just this kind of broader category of yeah. you know loosey-goosey with the localization who knows like, yeah true. for sure and and it just my I mean the big thing that I want it to to not imply is that this is actually Pharaoh's face because I don't want Pharaoh to die down here because mm-hmm. there's there's been no reason for us to I mean there's a lot of mechanical things down here that Pharaoh's could have invented but we don't need them because the Iron King can shape iron with his mind yeah you know like he can make all the weird bull statues and 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 giant soldiers and stuff like Pharaoh's doesn't need to be here yeah all that I can think of is is that it implies that Pharaoh's came before the old Iron King, which is incredibly unlikely, given how old everything here seems to be. It's in the name, for Christ's sake. Um, and that yeah. this is some kind of artifact that, you know, was, was, was held here and, in fact, is resting at kind of, like, possibly the deepest point that the Iron King got to before these demons kind of took him over and turned him into what he, what he ultimately turned into. Yeah. You know the, the the Balrog. Yes. The um. See, yeah, I know what I a Balrog know. is too. Yeah, good. I was I was I was baiting you with that. <laughs> I was, I was waiting for you to go. Yeah, it's, it's from the Game what? of Thrones. Right? No, I said Balrog earlier in the episode. <laughs> I know. I was, okay. Just, I'm just teasing you about your legendary lack of Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Um. But let's let's move on to happier times than that. Like, there's not that much to the smelter fight. It's a little bit harder, I think. Yeah. Um. And that's. Real and and that's it. Yeah. It's harder, and there's a more annoying boss run or run up to it. Yeah. Um, um, but the next bit is is badass. Yeah, you take some elevators up uh, and use the tower key, and you you you, you, you make your way in there, and um, there is uh, an invader in front of that. Mm-hmm. Prowlers. Um, yeah, they look like predators. <laughs> yes, they do. Yeah, and then the uh, the trick here is that one of them invades. <laughs> And and you go and you see one of them and you turn up the corner and there's just a bunch of them. <laughs> yep. 
It's a it's a gang a gang of dudes. <laughs> like again, some moments there all you can do is laugh. I didn't die, thankfully, because individually they're pretty weak, and it's just a matter of corralling them. But um, this is like this was almost as funny as Jester Thomas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is awesome. The uh, but the the big like the big takeaway here is that so Alan. We know Alan uh, came here when the Iron King was kind of a, 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 a scrub <laughs> and helped him build up his kingdom. And yeah. we know in the future, in the Iron Keep, um, or in you know, the future or just in general, mm-hmm. um, depending on what, how much time traveling is happening, happening um, that you know, the, those, those are Alan knights. Like he names his knights after them, and they're kind of Eastern-y and, and samurai-like yeah. and such. Um, but we find Alan's armor— and it's glowing like memories, which to me was like even like kind of a holy shit moment. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, this is a thing that is this is a memory that I can go into in the one of the DLCs. Like, <laughs> I was not expecting that. Yeah. Um, and it kind of goes into this other optional challenge area that's uh, a significantly you know significantly more successful. I think. Yeah, it's themed after the Iron Keep. Like, you're not in the tower. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it is the, the, you know this big, and you kind of get this idea that like this is maybe um, the the kingdom at its peak mm-hmm. you know because things are prettier yeah and and kind of put together a little bit better um yeah, yeah. um it is another kind of challenge run to get up to it there are more salamanders and and alan knights and they're covering each other in really difficult ways yeah like this this is a really hard challenge area on its own just to get to the boss yeah hiding behind pillars and such like right out of view they're like little side um Little, little little side guys, uh, J- Jason. When, er, earlier, it kind of sounded like you you didn't even make an attempt on this. Did like did you end up finding this? No, I didn't find it. I found the uh, you get into it with with the uh, the set of armor right after the the predator kind of looking mm-hmm. guys. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, so I got I got to the the armor and then I couldn't I couldn't oh. I couldn't activate. The armor. I didn't. I didn't have the prerequisite stuff done, and um, oh yeah, didn't have armor one one completed. (laughs) 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 You can uh, you you can go there. Uh, All you have to do is defeat uh, Fume Knight, and then it activates. Oh okay. Yeah. Yes. I I tried to do it in the wrong order. Went Mm to went to the armor, and and then once I got the crown, I thought. Yeah. I thought maybe I didn't realize the armor took you into a different area. I thought <laughs> it just it gave you the armor as an item oh, yeah. or something. Mm-hmm. So yeah, thought well, I won't be completely uh, <laughs> you know completionist to the extreme. You get that set of armor and and of course uh, realize there's an an area behind it. Mm-hmm. But it's cool because you know it means there's still there's still juice to ring out. Like there's yeah. still stuff to go back to. And I think that's that's the way with these games all the time. It's like you you kind of think you've like sucked out that last drop, and then you find out you know there was some illusory wall that like has like some whole <laughs> new world behind it. So it's probably the uh, the experience of every like even some of the you know the hardest core fans. We're just finding out. Oh yeah, there's a whole there's a whole optional <laughs> mm-hmm. boss here that you never knew existed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this area reminded me how difficult the Alon Knights are. Yeah, I felt like when I first came to the Iron Keep. Yeah, the, they are they are super tricky. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't want to gloss over how hard this area is. I just want to talk about the boss fight. <laughs> So, like, you go to here and you fight uh, Sir Alon, um, the, the original OG Sir Alon. And uh, this boss fight is is maybe my favorite in the in the game. 
Um, it's really, really good. It's he's awesome. Like he's he's sitting down when you first come in, and he kind of gives you this nod, mm-hmm. and it has this sense of like you know again a proper duel. Like we keep comparing everything to that, or eventually that word will lose all meaning. <laughs> but it does feel like that, and it is in this. It reminds me. It's like a reference to um, King a lot. Yeah. Like that fight because it is he has kind of a similar move set and it's in a really beautiful kind of skylit chamber mm-hmm. that reminds me of where you fought King a lot. Exactly. Yeah. Um, the the yeah. floor is really shiny. I was worried about slipping. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What if what if after uh, after Sir Alon got up and he started you know nodded he immediately just slipped because that's what, like it looks like it kind of happened but then really it's like the, somebody overwaxed the basketball floor. Yeah. Cheek! <laughs> yep. well, he was squeaky. That's Fighting in a bowling lane or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you gotta get those special shoes. Like, after you get through that gauntlet of enemies, there's just like a guy with half a mustache named Carl who who sells you a pair of disease shoes to, to put on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and this is just a straight up sword fight. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's a super cool fight. Like, I really like this fight. Like, I, I got really jazzed about it and, and just felt very good near the end. Similar to, to Fume Knight, but it's a little bit more, like, it, in the fiction, I like that this character respects me. Yeah. You know, that, that I'm kind of showing up and, and everything. And, again, just talking about just knocking out of the park with these Easter eggs. If you uh, if you defeat Sir Alon without taking damage in five minutes, he will kill himself. Mm-hmm. He'll commit seppuku. Yeah. Oh, incredible. Uh, <laughs> which, is, which is just that's just amazing like that's just a really cool like oh you know you did it like yeah. uh i'm i'm i am dishonored by uh by your prowess and so what's what's funny gary like you know earlier when you were talking about you know how alon left the kingdom and that you know like he after seeing that this was bad news and that kind of ultimately led to the downfall um the way that i read this was oh i caused this kingdom to fall because of the yeah. way these memories work. I, I think that those item descriptions are kind of playing into, like, there is a historical writer who doesn't understand that, you know, Alon died at my hands and that the, the Iron King covered it up. Yeah. Yeah, I could, I could see that, too. Like, I, I didn't want to get right all the way into the, the Alon stuff, <laughs> yeah. like, halfway, halfway through, because sure. yeah. it's important. Like, the stuff of him showing up mm-hmm. is important. Yeah. And the idea of him, like, him... It also does make sense that he would leave if that was the case because he is an honorable dude. You know, like, he he is a good person. The Iron King is categorically a shitheel. You know, like, why is he associating with this guy? Mm-hmm. Makes sense. But it is if if you can actually go back in time and affect memories mm-hmm. um, like that, which we we kind of know from, from the earlier game that you can in a way, like, that adds a weird mind-blowing... Uh, I almost just said timey wimey again, which we don't, <laughs> don't say anymore. But like the uh, it it that adds a wrinkle to the chronology of this that is really hard for me to to justify. Mm-hmm. Like if you're actually going back in time and changing history constantly, yeah, um, that's kind of that's a little bit nuts for this. Like if you cause this kingdom to fall for that, like I'm not saying I, I disagree with it. Mm-hmm. It's just big. Like yeah. the implications for it are big. Yeah, and, this, and, that's the kind of conversation you have on the on the top of the water tower, like sort of. <laughs> In, uh, in dazed and confused, you know, sort of <laughs> after after a night of, of boozing and uh, mm-hmm. you know maybe a few left-handed cigarettes, you know, yeah. talking about mm-hmm. the the nature of time and yeah, it does start to. 
Yeah, I, I, I saw I saw it as a, as an echo of you know just the idea of you know the Artorius of the Abyss DLC, the idea that you know you are actually the hero of uh, of this, and you mercy killing you know Artorius was you know kind of part of that. Like the, you know, just the, the working this into time travel, understanding that diving into memories and being grabbed by Manus back through time are effectively two different things. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I could see it in either way mm-hmm. um, with that, like the just because it would make sense. Like I said, it would make sense for him to uh, to take off. Mm-hmm. But also, you know, you could also be the person who comes back in time and, and kills him. I, there's a lore video online about this. Um, I think it's another another body one where it is the uh, he's talking about uh, it's like this prepare to cry on Suralan. Mm-hmm. And he has it being that uh, Sir Alon actually, because you found the the crown at this point, because mm-hmm. you have to have defeated the Fume Knight, that similar to, uh, like, he is mistaking you for King Alon. Mm. Or the the Iron King, rather, when you come back here. Yeah. Because you have the the, the item. So I'll, I'd have to watch it again. I will put it in the uh, the show notes. Mm-hmm. Um, but that has a different kind of take on, on what's happening, too. Yeah. It's satisfying. Like, like the, the this is a this is a satisfying level of ambiguity for me. Like thematically, like mm-hmm. the the idea that there are several different ways in which this can work, um, you know, is is not as frustrating as as it otherwise might be. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 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 I kind of want to go back to our Iron Keep episode and count up how many times we referred to the Iron King as King Alon. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> probably some. <laughs> yeah. 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 Unfortunately. <laughs> You just need, yeah, sort of the podcast version of find replace. And... <laughs> the, uh, the 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 spoils for winning this fight, aside from you know a, a really satisfying fight, um, uh, you know the, the the joy of winning that is you get the last uh, the last of Nadalia's uh, soul pieces, and you can assemble that together to make some uh, some items if you're a casterly type, um, mm-hmm. and uh, and and yeah, that's really just about it. Yeah, and yeah, also the, his soul. Um... You can get a sword and stuff. Yeah, and his sword, uh, its special move is a seppuku. <laughs> move, so oh, like uh, Yoshi, like, like Yoshimitsu in uh, in in Soul Calibur. Yeah, <laughs> nice. Yep, yep. So super cool. Um, yeah, I don't. Uh, what it, you know, people who are listening to the show. What do you think is happening with this the Suralon fight? Because mm-hmm. I I'm curious. Like I I thought I had a good idea of it, but I, I think that both sides are convincing, and I'm realizing how inarticulate I probably sounded for the last like five minutes <laughs> in my, my sleep and sleepy induced, uh, hey, so the, uh, I'd be interested to hear what people think. Yeah. Um, yeah, but that's, that's it. Uh, next time, uh, we are going to do the crown of the ivory King. Um, we are going to be joined by, uh, J Alexander Briggs of the, there you are podcast, hmm. um, to wrap up this, uh, this crown trilogy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm excited um, about yeah, Jason, thank you again. So much, yeah, yeah, absolutely, and and for some of those the latter portions of the of the DLC is an amazing teaser, you know, just <laughs> for to kind of to kind of dig into that stuff. But <laughs> yeah. I love this one. Yeah, it it is it is really really good. Like, do we have any other kind of wrap up thoughts on uh, on Crown of the the Iron King? I mean, in terms of like taking the three together, I mean, how did how did it sort of you know stack up in in the kind of the hierarchy of the three, you know, for, for the two of you. Have, have you played Ivory King yet, Cole? Nope. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, for, for me, it's my favorite Garrison. boss fights. So the, yeah. The, uh, the, the fume Knight and, and Sir Alon are my favorite boss fights in the DLCs. Um, mm. I think I liked 
Ivory King a little bit more overall, uh, kind of visually. And then the ending of that was real mind blowing in a way that I can't quite shake off. Um, I really, really liked the, the weird lore suppositions and ties that kind of come from that. Um, Mm. I don't know if they're necessarily good yet, but they're just really impactful. So I have that, but it's, it's, you know, maybe my favorite, if not a very near close second. Like I think Iron King is, is really, really good. Yeah, it stays with you, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. I I, I like Iron King um, more than Sunken King and everything except for level design. Actually, yeah, I, I think that Sunken King, with its kind of like doubling back and just kind of like it, it, it reminded me so much of old, uh, you know, of, of older Souls games that um, it's kind of hard for me not to not to like you know be very affectionate about it and in what will sound like a very contradictory kind of way from a play standpoint i really like iron king a lot more like the enemies Mm -hmm. were more fun to fight the stuff that it had you doing was just a little bit more interesting um and the bosses uh definitely were a lot better specifically because you didn't have that a lot of frustration um yeah you know like the, the sin boss fight is very good yeah but I just I I like you know I and I'm really broken recording here really saying it over <laughs> and over. But I really like a one-on-one fight with a human-sized opponent in these games. Yeah. So it's kind of my bread and butter. Yeah, I I, I, really, I really loved it. Like all the DLCs are, are really great, and I'm very curious and hopeful about the additive content in a uh, Scholar of the First Sin, mm-hmm. um, which yeah. we'll figure out. Yeah, <laughs> we'll figure that out somehow. <laughs> Talk about fucking curveball, guys. Yeah, that, yeah, that, that's that's really throwing off our schedule, but that's okay. Um, uh, Jason, where can people find you on the internet? Yeah, so you can find me on Twitter at, at Riot Whiskey. Uh, that's W H I S K I. Um, and yeah, and that's kind of that's where I do do my my rambling. So yeah, you should you should follow Jason. Mm-hmm. And uh, and go back and uh, look online for all of the things that he has written in the past on Edge because he's a great writer. Yeah. So uh, thanks, guys. That's true. I, I wouldn't say it if I didn't think it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, um, no, it's 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 great to again. It's just it's great to be on the show talking talking about souls with you guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We will. We definitely appreciate it. What uh, so if you have um, if you have corrections or if you have feedback, I mean, you can get in touch with us at duckfeed.tv forward slash contact. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have any thoughts about uh, about what we said, um, how else can people get in touch or participate? Uh, well, we have a very active Facebook group that facebook.com slash bonfireside chat. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, did- I, I just did an impromptu caption contest. <laughs> so that's the kind of wacky stuff that could happen at any time. Just because I found that great <laughs> picture. This, I don't know if you've seen that before, Jason, but there's a in Dark Souls 1, somebody captured a, a video of the uh, uh, Vagrant, like those little kind of crab monsters that, that are very rare, uh, mm-hmm. hopping up right on the Archer Bridge in Orlando. <laughs> and the guy's you know, running up there, and the crab just looks so shit-eating like and there's an arrow <laughs> coming right off from off camera like it is it is a real perfect image um just about to hit the guy as he got stopped in his tracks by this very self-satisfied little motherfucker <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah like it, it's good <laughs>
Yeah. Um, as you're listening to this, there is still time to participate in our Watch Out for Fireballs poll. I know this is cross promotion. It's a different show, but we are doing a uh, we're doing a poll to determine which action RPG we are playing in uh, in January for that show, and that is open to Patreon backers. So you can go to Patreon.com/slash/DuckFeedTV, uh, become a backer at any level, and um, have a say. Yeah, and uh, there's it's four games, and the, the the competition is Fast and Furious, and they're all games that I think the secret to these polls is we just choose four games that we want to play, because then we win no matter what. Yeah, um, no, ma- and no matter who, no matter who wins, we win. Yeah, exactly. It's like we're the opposite of Aliens and Predators. It's, aliens <laughs> it's actually Fast predators. and Furious, the game. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why does that win every time? Yeah, who who keeps voting in just Vin Diesel as the write-in vote? <laughs> He's just over and over. Even though if that ended up being like play D and D at Vin Diesel's house, like yeah. that would be my vote too. I would create so many straw poll, like your straw men. Uh, what is it? Puppet accounts? Yeah. Sock to puppets, make that happen. Yeah. yeah no. Like I would legit love to have Vin Diesel on as a guest on any of our shows. <laughs> Vin Diesel, this is an open invite. <laughs> That would be incredible. I know, right? Like, what, what would that? What would that even be? Like, I'm just, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm really having a hard time imagining it. But I like, would, I would go for it. I wonder. I wonder if we did Chronicles of Riddick for the Xbox as a walk. Oh, sure. And just it, like it, just like we we keep it in the back pocket, and we and we just hound his publicist forever. Yeah, <laughs> and we don't and, and we don't... lie a lot. Yep. Like, yeah, no, no, no. We're we're like we're right behind cereal and right before Welcome to Night Vale. Yeah, we're um, we're, we're like, we're, like <laughs> we're, the, we're the WTF of video game podcasts. Um, yeah. Yeah, we can. We, um, can we, we tried to get Vin Diesel for a uh, for an Edge interview. Oh yeah, uh, several Did several times. Uh, I just I just think it would be so fun to. It yeah. just would be fun to talk to that dude about games. Yeah, I mean, I, I would, and and man, it's like somehow to to. To express to him that like you know we're we're, we're cool dudes and, and i'm gonna talk to him about stuff that he likes like it's not gonna be like it's not gonna be you know we're not gonna, it's not gonna be like a publicist interview it's like we're gonna talk about character classes we're gonna talk about polyhedron dice we're gonna, we're gonna talk about all this cool stuff that i know international movie star vin diesel wants to talk about with two doughy white guys <laughs> Gary, I have to I have to ask you. Only ask him to be your dad once. Yeah. Like like at the beginning, you can play it off as a joke. You can play it off as a joke if you want. Like I'm not gonna okay. stop you. But yeah, I just can't keep doing it. Yep. Man, I don't know what I would do if Vin Diesel was my dad. Like other than change my last name because that'd be awesome. Gary Diesel. Gary Diesel. <laughs> worse just yeah. when you're talking to the publicist just cover up the airpieces hey hand me that hand me that protein shake um yeah, and- <laughs> yeah. Just-, <laughs> just end every email with okay hand me that protein shake bro i need it, to it get gonna, hella it's pumped be, uh torque comma gary diesel <laughs> yours and <in> torque <laughs> gary diesel uh, <laughs> okay, so if anybody out there listening can make that happen yeah um, we we won't look to get a gift diesel in the mouth. Yeah, never. I can't remember where we were going with that, but let's. Uh, you know all the admin stuff to do. Yeah. Write Vin Diesel. Call Vin Diesel. <laughs> tweet at Vin Diesel. Don't don't actually harass Vin Diesel. Yeah, please don't. On our, please don't. Um, yeah, but that, that's probably good. Yep, I think that's good. <laughs> thanks, right. thanks so much, Jason. Umbasa. Umbasa. <laughs> Umbasa. <laughs> Uh, 
And we all pray that we will have far more soon. <laughs> yeah. Oh, good, good, solid close. That, that is, is a good, is a good, solid close. Praise the Vin. <laughs> <laughs>